Debating the good, the bad, the ugly, and everything in between. Friday Face-Off with Quinovic, Wellington's property management experts. Call 0800 Quinovic. I've never been a fan of change, but I'd follow you to any place. If it's Hollywood or Bishop's Gate, I'm coming to. Welcome back, it's Friday Face-Off time. Exciting, because we're in our new studio, well, our temporary new studio. We're a little bit tight in here, aren't we, folks? I've got uh, Puriru Amir, <laughs> Anita Baker, joining us for the first time. I can't believe it's the first time you've been on Face-Off. No, I haven't had time, unfortunately. Every time you ask me, my diary's busy. Oh, it's all, or you don't care. Don't want to no, be on I care. Day. It's just always been something on. Oh, it feels like I've asked someone to, for a dance and I've said no. Yeah. Oh, no, uh, I'm only here because Campbell's here. Oh, 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 gosh. I've had a hard day. It's a little bit easy. You don't have to make it harder. And Hut City Mayor Campbell Barry, do we call it Lower Hut or do we call it Hut City? We've been having that discussion a bit lately. What is it? Lower Hutt. Uh, it's Hutt City Council is the entity, but mm. it's Lower Hutt City. It's actually a common um, point of discussion, so I go off Lower Hutt. Okay, low, I, I go off Lower Hutt too. We just get your mic turned on because we're on a new system here, and, and uh, we, I don't know how to control it, but the Coops is here. Uh, so, so can I just give that again because our listeners wouldn't have heard it. You, you, I think you said it's Lower Hutt, not Hutt City, eh? So it's Hutt City Council for the entity, but Lower Hutt City is the, the area, so I, yeah. I say Lower Hutt. Yeah, yeah, I do too. Yeah. Anita's nodding her head. Let's start. Let's start the show. Construction on the Newtown, uh, Newtown Cycleway has been placed on ice as the council awaits the outcome of a, a challenge in the High Court. Now, I know this is not relevant to you guys, but... I mean, I wanted to ask you guys the question. Anita, I'll start with you. Should we be able to take our local councils to court and how disruptive can it be and is it? I think in this case we should be able to take them to court because I actually don't agree with what they're doing, but that's me personally from outside the area, I'm sorry to say. That's great. Um, I'm, a cycl- I'm a cyclist, but I don't think they should put them down the main road like that. The businesses, you just need to go to Thorndon Key, where I've come from this morning, trying to park down there, those businesses are really suffering. I don't get why we can't put some of these cycleways to the side, side roads, next road over. Uh, just something to look at. So I'm probably not going to make people very happy saying that. Um, and I think you're going to make people perfectly happy. I think we're going to get calls coming in saying, why is she not running for Wellington here? <laughs> well, I was <laughs> very what... unimpressed to see someone say the car dealers should go and we should put housing there because those businesses have been there a long time. They've put a lot of investment into sport and other things in the, in the city. So, you know, we've got plenty of land for, for going up. Don't pick on the businesses, is my view. Did you find it strange, like I did, that, that they were commenting about it, that they could have uh, had a farm in Hamilton at one stage and they've changed? I mean, that was ridiculous comment for a, for a national uh, media organisation to say. Did you think it was strange? I thought that was a tad odd. But also, um, we still need businesses. You know, Wellington's got lots of businesses that are closing keep the existing ones and put the cycle lanes around them or have cycle lanes together going one way, not on both sides. There has to be other options here. Uh, Campbell Barrigan, bring you in. How disruptive, and I mean, 
you've had your issues with court cases and stuff as a city council. How disruptive is it when you have people in your community taking your council to court? Oh, it, it absolutely is disruptive, but also it's their right, and I fully support their right to be able to do that. What I would say is that, uh, and, I, and when I look at this example, uh, you can mitigate the risk of that by doing good engagement and involving those local businesses from the start. And then you're not likely to find yourself in this position. Uh, some cases you still will because there'll be people who are adamantly opposed to whatever a council is wanting to do, uh, but it will be dealt with. So it's, it's that upfront engagement that's so important. Yeah. What you got cycleways in Lower Hutt? We do, we do, and we are improving that cycleway um, network, but we're also looking at how we can uh, make sure our roading network, our, our public transport network is up to up to standard as well. It needs to be looked at as a collective. Um, I don't really like the um, you know bike first car debates because I just think it kind of gets us nowhere. Uh, we need to be looking at all options and, and trying to move to, move forward together. Otherwise, we'll just keep on having these same conversations. And, and Campbell, how important is it to you as Mayor of Lower Hutt to actually have engagement with the people. I mean, be part of it rather than just make decisions and expect, you know, have a vision of yep. yours and don't care what the people think. Oh, it's so important. You have to get buy-in from people. You have to take people with you. Uh, if you don't do that, you end up in this type of situation. Uh, and, yeah, so I think putting that effort up front sometimes takes longer. It, it's Sometimes it can feel painful, um, but actually you see the, the long-term benefits of that later down the track. Can I ask you, Anita, because you're obviously Mayor of Porirua, do you change some of the decisions that you initially make as a council based on what people are saying afterwards? Does that happen? It does happen. I mean, it does. You can change your mind on things. We put our paid parking on hold from what happened from people talking because of COVID. But the consultation, as Campbell said, is the most important thing, and I'm not sure that's been had. Yeah, and I I think and we've got a texter that's just come in and said, Anita, how refreshing to hear someone with intelligence speaking. So there you go. You've got someone supporting you. That's a good start. They're in Wellington. Yeah, yeah, they are in Wellington. But it is important to listen and act on what the constituents want, not your vision, isn't it, Campbell? I think you've got to have a clear, bold vision for that's, that's us as leaders, right? There's got to be there um, but it's how you implement that vision and how you take people with you. I mean, I look to climate change, for example. Uh, there's lots of varying views around what we do on that but if we're actually going to make any sort of impact in lowering our emissions, it needs to be a community conversation we need to take people with us. If council comes in and says, we're doing this um, because it's what we have to do uh, people, you know, right quite rightly will get disgruntled and, and not be happy and not, and not be with you. So it's, it's how you do it. Okay. I'm going to move on to something that's a little bit more contentious and we've just done it in the last hour. So it's pretty important to us to, to get uh, our leader's opinion on it. Uh, an independent review has found that police are more likely to harm non-Pakia. Anita, once again, I'll start with you. How prevalent do you think racism is within our justice system? Well, I think we actually have to acknowledge that um, the t it is tough at the moment and the outcomes for non-Pākehā versus Pākehā are, are definitely out there. Um, and we see it further through the crime rates and things like that. So I think we do have to look at alternative ways to deal with them. And like the Maori judicial system is a good way to go, I think, for a lot of these things. We actually have to have some change. We can't just keep doing it the same old way. Um, and we've had a trial at the Youth Court in Porirua. Now, that's working uh, we need to do things differently. Yeah. 
Campbell, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I agree with Anita. I think that, um, you know, like we'd be in denial if we said there wasn't a level of institutional racism uh, in, in government generally, um, but also within um, police, just though, just in how structures have been formed over a long period of time. Um, but also I would say that, you know, we have one of the most progressive police forces in the, in the world. I think they do a fantastic job. I, they've got one of the, they have the toughest job, I think, uh, in the country, and they've made strides, I would say, over the last 10, 15 years to make sure that, that police reflect uh, the, our community communities um, but absolutely there's still more to be done and I think that's really good to have this sort of debate and to see that the police commissioner is up for um, looking at it as well I think that's really good. You say institutional racism how can you as a local body leader yep. help change that? Well, I think it's uh, it's awareness, it's, it's education, it's understanding how that's been built up over over decades. You know, those are sometimes tough conversations. You know, when we when you're in an environment of what you're used to, or, or a system that probably works for you better from your cultural backgrounds or, or how you've been raised, um, you know, you probably don't see that as much. So I think having these conversations, it's not about pointing fingers. It's just saying how do we improve ourselves as a nation? Anita, you would have struggled with a bit of this. In Potidur, I grew up very close to you, so I know uh, the racial standings of of Potidur and the East and everything else. You being a white female, you would have copped a bit of it as well, wouldn't you? Oh yes, you do. You get it from each side, but I do think it's about how you deal with people, and I think the police are starting to get a good mix going through. I go to all their graduations; they are dealing with everybody, and it's the mix at the top, just like at council and everything else. We have Ewe sit at the table, we have Pacific at the table, so it's actually treating everybody with respect and getting on instead of putting them in a box. Racism is alive and kicking, and we've found that over the three waters. But actually, it's how you deal with it. How have you suffered it? Directly? Oh, absolutely. I think everybody does at some point, but you just have to ignore it, move on, and do what you can to change it within your city. And I would like to say that we are open for everybody in our city. Does it change your attitude? No, I don't think it changes my attitude because I I don't consider myself a racist. Right, Campbell, you. So, in what respect do you have you have you had it? Because you know you'll be dealing with a group of. uh, um, Polynesians or Maori, yep. and they say, "Well, you don't understand it. You're white. You don't, you know, you don't care about, you know what I mean? That sort of stuff." Do you, yeah. Have you copped it? Um, in, in my role, uh, I mean, not particularly. I think, I think um, the, the key is is being open to, and understanding and listening. And, and I, I make it very clear that I don't have all the answers or understand um, things. I'm still on a learning journey, uh, and. You know, and I think most groups or most people respect that. Of course, you're going to have individuals who say certain things. Uh, that's that's life. We're, we're all going to cop that. Uh, but I, as as a whole, I I think um, you know, pretty fortunate out in the heart. We're very diverse, and and I think that anyone who's got an open mind, people are willing to talk to. And Campbell, um, police are reviewing their pursuit policy in order to curb crime because there's been so many ram raids. Now I know it hasn't been like that prevalent in Wellington but whatever happens in Auckland we know comes down and happens here. Uh, What are your thoughts? Do you think uh, that's a good idea that they should review it because basically the last two years where they've not chased after people in uh, in cars, they've saved lives. The previous 10 years 60 lives were lost so there's a lot of of lives lost in the last two years there's been none. Uh, They're saying that if they do change that system there could be uh, consequences. What are your thoughts 
Uh, I think that looking at it as a from a tweaking point of view, which is what I understand this is, uh, makes sense. Um, I, I would say that I think we'd all agree that um, you know that those 63 lives, whether they are you know the the person in the car who's who's speeding away or potentially innocent, we know innocent people, bystanders. Um, it, it, there is just not worth it if you're chasing a 15 year old who's stolen from a local shop and has gotten in a car. I mean, it's just not worth putting people at risk for something like that. You can deal with it later. But for serious offending, I think that that could be looked at. Okay, how would you like to see it change if there was a change? If you could make a change, what would you like to see? Um, I mean, I would I would say that for serious offending, for someone who is an imminent threat, uh, that you know, that I think that is a good reason to pursue. Um, but I. I I, I think that ultimately it, this you know, comes down to police looking at it, and if it's going to, the proof is in the pudding that it saved lives. The change that they've made, I think that's more important. Yep. Anita, your thoughts? I'm similar to Campbell. Um, obviously, we lost Derek Wooten in Porirua 14 years ago. Uh, well, in this month. Um, so I can't say I'm hugely keen on the chases, but I do think we could go back to, as Campbell and Hutmana together teaching kids to drive at school. These kids are getting out of here and driving these cars with no lessons. We need to treat them differently the way we're looking at what's happening. So these are kids who are just bored, picking up cars, driving them one suburb, getting them. And the ram raids in Auckland are not acceptable. But actually we've got to turn that around. So that comes back to school. And what are we going to do to help them there? Well, how would you feel in your community if uh, police were you know, pursuing people in stolen cars or commit people that have committed crimes, would you be happy that they were racing through the streets of Porirua or would you prefer them just to let them go and try and catch them later? Well, we try and catch them <clears throat> later. I'd prefer them to try and catch them later. We've, there's obviously cameras now with Transmission Gully and everywhere else. They do have cameras. We have exits in and out, so we can pretty much track them. The police can track them, uh, but it's not acceptable. The government has put supermarkets on notice, Campbell, and I'd like to get your opinion there. Clampdown will include new industry regulator, compulsory unit pricing and mandate code of conduct. Do you agree with government intervention? Absolutely. I think this regulation is well overdue, um, but also I don't think it goes far enough. I, the, the Commerce Commission did their report uh, in breaking up the what is ultimately a duopoly, and uh, I think they should be doing more. I was actually quite disappointed that, that further steps weren't taken because uh, we know in, in a heightened state of uh, cost of living and, and the, the current issues, um, they build on uh, what, what has been a, a problem for a very long time in regards to basic needs for our families. Wow. Anita? I totally agree with Campbell. <laughs> and I think they should have gone further and taken the GST off fresh fruit and vegetables. Yeah. You know, and the selling to our actual um, small stores, you know, out in the suburbs who are charging our people a lot of money for a basic item. How can they have done more? Well, the, apart from the GST, yeah. uh, the mean, duopolies, the, the, some of the local supermarkets, the big ones, they're putting a lot of money into food banks locally as well. So they are, our local ones are doing better. From my point of view, what are you talking about? Neither of the duopolies. You're talking about independence, yeah. or you're talking about the du duopolies. Well, if we have more, that the the big ones working together are reducing prices. Well, if they're working together, they can bring them further down. Surely, there has to be more room there and more flexibility. Campbell? Yeah, there, there simply needs to be more competition in the market. So I, I think there needs to be an intervention. Like I say, this regulation will help. I, I, I think it will from what I understand of it. Um, but there needs to be an intervention to, to break up the duopoly. And I just can't see that happening even with these, these measures being taken. But surely if somebody uh, wants to open a supermarket, they can. It's just the fact that 
it's it's an expensive risk that they'd have to take. Yeah, well, that's that's well, that's the nature of a duopoly, right? They've they've got the control, uh, and then th- they dictate ultimately the market prices. So, uh, I don't, you know, I don't know the ins and outs of how the Commerce Commission could um, break that up, but of course, that's that, you know that that was that was an option for them to look at measures uh, to do that, and they they didn't take that step. Do you believe that they will take that step, Anita? Do you believe that the the government will step in and that we'll have a third player in our in our supermarket? Um, system within the next couple of years? I think they need to, but even if they do, you're not going to see any results. In Australia, it took 10 years till we, till we saw those results coming through. So the local guys, I think, need to step up and actually reduce their prices. They've put them on hold for how long now? But some of those things, why can't they do that permanently? You don't think that they are with the both have got their little gimmicky things mm-hmm. that they've frozen stuff and done stuff and pulled back and stuff. They've got their own little gimmicks. You don't think that's enough? No, I don't think it's enough. People are really suffering out there. Yeah. Your thoughts, Campbell? Yeah, and, and I think you have, um, during COVID, I mean, there was one sector that um, didn't, oh, they did an amazing job in making sure that our mm-hmm. families are fed and, and all of the, the impacts COVID's had, but they've also done pretty well. Um, you know, that, that's one business that hasn't had to shut down or 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 reduce. So uh, I, I really do tr- truly think more can be done to, to make sure that families can afford to buy the basics. I mean, I go into my local supermarkets and buy two or three basic things and suddenly I've got $55 when I put my FPOS card through. It's just, it's insane. It is insane. It is very expensive. Okay, let's change the tact a little bit. The new building standard, standards in New Zealand are emptying buildings out in Wellington at a speed, deeming them earthquake-prone. Campbell, what's the latest on the Heratonga block? Because uh, obviously you've had your hands full with that. Yep. So uh, there was a meeting last night. There wasn't, to be fair, much uh, new from that meeting. Uh, the DHB took a really strong stand around a rebuild of that building, uh, but there was no clear timeframes around when services are being decanted or taken out and put into to local sites. Uh, so that's coming on the 22nd of uh, June. Uh, but I just really want to um, emphasise to the DHB and to Health New Zealand uh, that there is a real feeling of anxiety and uncertainty out there in our community, and the more information they can provide, the better. So they need to step now we've talked about this on 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 the show together, me and you, about it when it first happened. And uh, I've got to commend you. I thought you were put your foot down and threw a little couple of little tantrums and made sure that people were, were listening to you. Um, do you feel you're still being listened to? Because it feels like it's all gone dead now. Uh, it, I mean, this will be a, a long game. Uh, with the rebuild of Hutt Hospital, these things don't happen overnight. Uh, so it's going to be really important that we hold their feet to the fire. It's going to be absolutely critical when uh, Health New Zealand take over on the 1st of July. I will be writing to them on day one um, asking for a commitment to that site and that we don't get lost in the challenges they will have at looking at healthcare services across New Zealand because we it, it is simply unfair to have your lose your basically 80% of your hospital right before this major reform for them not to say this is a priority. Anita and Potidur, I mean there's only a couple of really big uh, uh, tower blocks or one or two tower blocks. Uh, Mark, Mark will be ringing me now and telling me his is a tower block but um, <laughs> you, are you having the same issues in Potidur? No we're not because we don't have the buildings that Wellington and the Hut do so we're, we're actually doing okay. We strengthened the council building three years ago. Um, we do have the perfect emergency management one for the region if anything does happen. Uh, but no, we don't have those same issues. But I'm with Campbell um, on the hospital because a lot of those services will end up coming to Kenaparu. Now how are the people from the hut going to get here? Because we don't have any public transport coming over the hill. Yeah. Are the new um, uh what am I looking for? The word, the earthquake rules too strong? 
Oh, I, I'm. I don't feel I've got the expertise to comment on how how you know the MBS works and new building standards. Um, I would say that we need to be careful not you know to create a moral panic where we are just vacating buildings left, right, and centre. Mm-hmm. Uh, we you know we live in an environment where we have to be super conscious of this and be working towards improving our standards. I, I agree with that, um, but also we can't just stop doing everything. Um, obviously, we've got to take particular caution with buildings like the hospital and and other public facilities Uh, but we need to be realistic about um, about operating on our day-to-day basis and and the impact that has on people and business. Anita I'm gonna ask you on start with you on this one because I think it's quite uh, quite horrific it's been revealed there's been a hundred and seventy seven percent jump in young people being taken to ED because of mental health uh, related incidents Uh, what do you think I think, behind it. Sorry, I think the internet has an awful lot to do with kids on devices all day, all night. They're not sitting around the table having dinner with families anymore because actually most families have two parents out working, so we don't have the same um, sitting around discussing issues. You know, the suicide rate hasn't changed, but the stress and the people going to ED has. So we don't have any support staff in our schools anymore. You used to have counsellors. Um, we're having all these kids who have ADHD. In my day when I was at school, I would have been diagnosed with that, but I was just a naughty child in the sense that I was too fit and too much exercise. Um, so things have changed and they're not getting the support, but I do blame devices. Do you? Do you yeah, think do. that? Do you really think that there's not a family meals anymore? Yeah, I, I, I think there are. We have a lot of people coming to councils, workers saying they can't sit with their count, their um, families. You know, mum arrives or dad leaves. So they're not sitting around discussing. You look at the families and they bring their iPads to the table. You look in restaurants, you go out for dinner and people are on their phones not talking to their partners. Um, we've just gone too far the, the one way. Yeah, and you see it every day, uh, mm. Campbell, at cafes where kids have just got their parents' phone and the parents are loving it because they've been able to talk the, the kids are quiet and no family time. Yeah, I agree. And uh, you, you're probably going to think we've compared notes on this one because I, I absolutely agree with that. And I think um, you know we're the, we're the most connected we've ever been as a society when it comes to internet and access, but we're also the most disconnected we've ever been when it comes to personal relationships, social skills, and the impact on children in particular is huge. Um, anxiety level, anxiety is increasing. Um, you know, as a, as a young person, talking to my nephews and nieces, uh, they are continuously being targeted through big corporates, ultimately, around what you should look like, what you should wear, uh, what success looks like. Um, and all of those pressures uh, are going to flow through and, and have an impact on mental health. And I think that is a big part of it. And I call it sort of the the big uh, new addiction uh, that, you know, just like alcohol or gambling or other things, uh, that, is, that is impacting a lot of people's lives, particularly young people. Neither of you mentioned drugs. No. Um... I've, I don't think drugs are as bad as the internet. We don't see kids out there. They're, they're blimmin' doing the what's it, vaping. That's what I do see, the vaping, which is just awful. But actually we see more, I see more of the um, online stuff and the bullying that comes out of that, the internet. So I think that's what's doing it. Yeah. yeah. You don't think it's a drug issue either? Um, I, it's, uh, I'm not an expert, so it's really hard to say. I'm sure drugs has a has a part for some some people and in, in those addictions that we're more more aware of. Um, but but I think when we think of an increase, you know, when I think of like social anxiety, which is a is a huge challenge in the flow and effects that has, um, technology has a lot to blame for that. 
Anita, 300 Pacifica families in Porirua will get their chance to own their own home with a $49 million uh, of May's budget going towards Pacifica housing. And I know there's other groups involved as well, and it's, it's, uh, it's a, a very feel-good story, isn't it? Oh, it's a fantastic story. It's There's been a lot of work on the background, obviously with Ngāti Toa buying the land from government, so it's ex-Kaingaora land, and um, so they will get rid of the existing homes that are there and the empty land, and then they will do the infill for these 300 houses. So the Pacific will then um, own the house but lease the land from Iwi, which is absolutely wonderful, and they'll get houses that are fit for them. Rather what is, than what's the long term on that though? Why would you know if they keep putting the leases and the lease up on the ground? Surely they can they have a deal that they can buy the land as well off Nati Tau? No, Nati Tau will never sell their land. All the land that they have got back is leased land. So yeah. I don't know how much that lease will be. I would imagine it's not as not as bad as in Auckland, um, but yeah. they will make it affordable. Okay, Campbell, I want to ask you, do you think this is a good idea and uh, will you be doing it in Lower Hutt as well? I think it's a great idea and uh, I just think Porirua is leading the way uh, in this space and just, uh, I just want to acknowledge Anita and, uh, and the council out there alongside Ngāti Toa for, for, the, for the work they're doing and the government investment they've got, got into the area as well. Uh, so yeah, I mean we're absolutely keen to collaborate and see what we can do in the hut. Okay, time for... The Friday Face-Off. Hot and not... Okay, favourite time of the week for me. I'll start with you, Campbell, because you've done it before. Hots and knots. What are your hots and knots? Uh, hot would have to be, we went to the, actually we both went to the 60th celebration of uh, Samoan independence uh, a couple of nights ago. Uh, really great occasion. The High Commissioner, who's, leave, who's been here for 12 years, been a great um, person in our, particularly in the community here in the Wellington region. Uh, that was a real highlight. Uh, a knot uh, would be uh, really getting no information from the DHB meeting last night that I attended. Oh, yeah, I, w- I was hoping for that story to break on our show. But, uh, <laughs> and Anita Baker, what are your hots and knots? Oh, mine's the same as Campbell for the hots because we had the Samoan flag raising, obviously, on Monday morning and then to go to the function and see um, Ambassador Scanlon and his wife off. It was just an amazing evening. Um, the, my knot is really just the awful weather that's arrived ma- basically in Wellington. And put it, it hasn't been too bad. But oh, when I arrived for good, here... For goodness <laughs> sake. I know that you both announced that you're both going to stand for, for your positions again next Congratulations to both of you. I think it's really good, and I think you've both done a wonderful job from my point of view. Wellington, we're a bit slow off the, the rank, aren't we? We're but, not. We're not. We're not doing anything here. Can, can you give us anyone out there that, some advice on whether they should stand for mayor of Wellington or what? What we should do? Give us one one quick sentence from both of you. Well, this is very dangerous territory, Nick. Um, I think the contenders actually will come out soon, and I would like to know if the existing one's still standing, because he hasn't said anything either. So I think they both need to get their cards on the table. The, the one thing I would say is that it's so important that Wellington City, um, as you know, as the city, the largest city in the region, um, has a strong champion there, whoever that person is. So uh, it's going to be really important that um, you know, I think that we, we do see some announcements and we, we see what uh, those candidates are willing to put up um, for, for Wellington, but also the region. Anita Baker and Campbell Barry, thank you very much for joining us on the show. It's been fantastic. Great to see you both again and uh, carry on the good work in the regions. And that wasn't supposed to be uh, like putting you down. Like just, you know, I think you're doing great jobs. So, uh, you know, I don't want to downplay 
the major part that your cities play in our in our greater area. We oh, are one big region. We, we don't are, mind. We are. All together. I was thinking about renaming the Greater Lower Hutt region um, rather than the Greater Wellington region, but okay. we'll <laughs> have that debate later on. Yeah, I don't think I need to take too much of that. Uh, it is twelve minutes to twelve. Thank you both very much. Dissecting the week sublime and ridiculous. Friday Face-Off with Quinovic Property Management. A better rental experience for all. Call 0800 Quinovic.